Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Romantic Truth Podcast. Please be advised that the content of this show is for mature audiences 18 and over due to the topics discussed. Please feel free to follow and like Romantic Truth on Facebook at facebook.com slash romantic truth. You may also listen to the podcast on anchor.fm slash romantic truth. Now, here is your host Jawson. Hi everyone, Johnson here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas, baby, yeah, keep it real. <laughs> For all of my sepiopods, reprobates, and miscreants, and good people, of course. Well, folks, I tell you, it's a never-ending saga with these relationships. Some of you folks deal with some things that I can only just pray for you on. I'll just be honest with you. I can only pray for you on some of the stuff because um, man, you guys have been through it. But this is what happens, you know. Now, what we're going to talk about today has to do with something that you may find yourself dealing with. You know, you go to work, and all of a sudden this person not necessarily catches your eye, but you catch theirs, and you don't know it. The person's kind. They may not know how they're going to approach you or speak to you. They may be afraid, bashful, don't want to be embarrassed, and definitely don't want to dip their pen in company ink, but they'll get in trouble. This is not uncommon. You may find out directly or indirectly. And the question some of you ask is, if this were to happen in my workplace, how should I handle it? Diplomacy is the best medicine. You may not know it, but you might be working with that person on a project. You may need them in some capacity. So the one thing you don't want to do is to go in just dissing people left and right. You could be politically correct about it. Thanks, but no thanks. Uh, I'm seeing someone right now. Are some of you ladies who really don't want to be bothered? You could tell the guy. I'm going to address this one time with you. And after this, I hope that we can still coexist in this work environment. I have a boyfriend, I have a girlfriend, whatever the case may be. What you're doing is, you're letting them know up front. There will be consequences if they were to pursue you. Now the reason why some people would want to do this, you may have a strict company policy for fraternization. And therefore, you don't want it to be misinterpreted that you were the one that was a participatory individual in it keep yourself at a distance. 
Now, as I told you guys, the reason why most women will not date you in the workplace in which you work is because they know how much money you make. And they may know some things about you, such as the car you drive, such as the way you behave. So, in this case, most women chalk you up as nothing more than just someone that they will know that will be a friend, a platonic friend. They may not go with you any further than that. And I know for some of you it's kind of difficult. But you may really like that person. But you can't let it jeopardize your money. Let me tell you something, men. To many women, you're no value if you don't have a job or money. They would look at you as a guy would look at a woman who wasn't attractive. Now, I know this sounds very, very rudimentary, but sadly, some people haven't evolved beyond the scope of that. Now, some of you think that maybe after you leave the job that you may have a shot. There's a possibility. And really that should be the time you shoot your shot. If you're leaving the company or have left the company. Because if things don't go well in the workplace, guess who they have as a scapegoat for a lack of productivity? A person that's upsetting the apple cart someone that caused problems. You'll be that person. You'll be that scapegoat. And you want to prevent that from happening. Now, another thing. There was one individual that wrote and she had sex with a guy while they were at a pizza parlor. They were working on a late shift. And this guy had been coming on to her finally she gave in. She talked about how she was taking orders on the phone while he was hitting the doggy style from behind. Oh, and she was proud of it. There was only one problem. One of the customers saw them through the side window. She lost her job as a result, and so did he. Folks, you have to watch it. You really do. Some of you are young. But see, when you start forming these habits, where the workplace is just like a social gathering or a social club, things can get really messy. There was a person that wrote an email in a while back. He had messed around and got one of the women in the work, work, workplace pregnant. And he had screwed several women in that same environment. Well, they had a company meeting pertaining to the two of them. What she did immediately, she went and rallied all of the women 
in the office around her, even management. So he was the bad guy. And there was a lecture about company policy and how fraternization was frowned upon. He damn near lost his job, so did she. So you have to watch yourself on this. Most women will turn you down in the workplace, fellas. Now there's some environments. I remember I worked temporary one time for about two weeks at this, I called it a sweatshop. I was waiting for this other job to materialize. And I went on and took this job doing bookkeeping for a major retailer. Nothing but women in there, for the most part. There was maybe myself and a couple of other men there. These women made sure that the conversation revolved around sex. They'd talk among themselves, we'd overhear them, but we knew not to make a move. They brought in this new guy just before I left. He started bullshitting, cracking jokes with them. He was always getting in trouble. I personally knew that wasn't the environment for me. There were some tempting choices in there, but I knew better. You have to learn how to discipline yourself when it comes down to something like this. Many of you older folks already know this, but a lot of these younger folks don't. I remember my earlier years, there were people that got caught fucking in the bathroom. The hallway closet. After work. You have to watch yourselves. It's not a social playground. Because, see, that's going to have an impact on where you're trying to go in life. You may not see it now, but you'll see it in the future. And now with social media, some of the things you do on there, you have to be careful as well. There was a lady that was fired for drinking a beer in one of the photos on Facebook. Yeah, you would like to have your own personal time. But the problem was, her Facebook page was linked to the company's website. I never forget, I went and applied for one job, and it was for IT. And they said that they wanted all my social media account information to help conduct a background check. So when they bumped the damn head and stumbled in the dark, I withdrew my candidacy. Not gonna let nobody invade my privacy like that. But they thought it was okay. But see, that's when social media was just coming around around 2003-2004 with, uh, they had Black Planet and they had uh, MySpace at their time. And the Aperture was still a thing crawling around there too.
You have to watch your conduct. You have to watch yourself. Some of you guys will be faced with women who are going to try to screw you. That may have more power than you. She may be your boss. She may be your department manager. She may be married. Please understand. A lot of these women who look at you at fresh meat like that, nine times out of ten, they fucked every man that came through that door. You'll just be another number. Please watch yourself on that. As I told you years ago, I went to meet a manager one time that was in another office, different location. And this manager had a fiefdom in her area. Primarily meant that she was queen. Whatever she wanted, whatever she said happened. She was in an unhappy marriage. And she played things rather loosely. And she would hire a whole bunch of men. Young, single men. She was in her mid-40s. while she was trying to get me transferred out to her location she sat on her desk with her legs gapped open so I could see that she wasn't wearing anything underneath had a couch in her office all the accoutrements all the accolades on the wall of all of her achievements Told me that she could make it very easy for me to get promoted. No thanks. I'd rather work for it. I turned it down. I got back to my main office. My boss called me in. He said, she said that you were rude. I said, well, I'll let you be the judge of that. He said, I know how she is. Everybody does. He said, I take it with a grain of salt. And he told me, he said, if HR comes out with anything, I get you back. Because he knew. She had tried it on him. Oh, and there were plenty of guys that fucked her. And when she got tired of them, they just became an average employee. No more special treatment. Another satisfied customer. Who's next? You hear a lot of people talk about women in the glass ceiling. Well, there are some women in there that treat men just like men treat women when it comes down to the casting couch situation. It's not a one-way street. And this woman really wasn't attractive. She was modestly attractive, but not somebody that I would risk my job for. Not even somebody I would ask out on a date. Even though she was married, I wouldn't have touched her. But you'll run across that. This is just to give you a heads up, fellas, for you younger folks. Now, Mario. Out of Lancaster, California, you write the following. I'm 39 years old and I feel like a failure. 
I've dated a lot of women, but I really don't have anything to show for it. I have a nice car, I have a nice home, but it seems like the only thing those women want are those two things from me. I haven't found a woman yet that really gives a damn about me. I know it's kind of tough here in the desert. I'm going to start going down to LA and see if I can find someone better. Because of here, it's been no man's land. Most of the women that I've met have been felons, baby daddy drama, poor choices. I don't have time for that. Do you think that would be a wise move for me to try going to LA? Mario, Lancaster, California. Mario, what are you going to do as far as the transportation gap? You got a pretty good drive to get in LA from Lancaster. You got to take the 14. That ain't no joke. I would probably say try to look for someone in the valley, someone a little bit closer. You know damn well if you get a woman in LA, she's not driving out to see you. Oh, that's too far. She'll probably come out on the weekends. Probably had a condition you have to pick her up and take her back home. That shit's gonna get old quick. So, you'll probably need to come up with an idea that's better than that. Usually in a lot of these suburbs, areas out of metropolitan areas, you will find a lot of married women. Now, a lot of single men may relocate to these areas in order to fuck married women that are dissatisfied customers. Some do. There's some men that actually relocate for the women. You find this a lot in bedroom communities, especially with divorcees. So if you live in a community where there are a lot of homes, single parent, single family homes, you'll see this more often than not. But usually, many of these women who wound up keeping the house keeping the kids after divorce they're not so quick to go into another relationship you'll probably be afraid with benefits for the most part or if you're lucky she may want to have a long-term live-in relationship without being married so if you're looking for marriage and probably kids that's a non-starter for some of you One of the things that you're going to have to consider is this, especially you ladies, in particular I'm talking to here. Some men will date you with teenage kids, but deep inside they'll wait until their asses get out of the house. Some of you ladies know this, and you won't get serious with the guy until the kids are grown and gone. But as I told you in previous podcasts, don't bring the new sheriff in town. 
he's going to always lose that battle. And fellas, I'm telling you this because women will stick up for their kids whether they're right or wrong or indifferent. There are some that are objective, but keep this in mind. She has the last say. And you got to remember, if she's complaining about something that these kids have been doing, oh, they didn't just start doing it. They've been doing it well before you got there. Ladies, this is one of the reasons why a lot of men don't date single mothers. Because they don't feel as though they have any clout or authority. No matter how much you try to give them or delegate. So the way they look at it. You're rearing somebody else's kid. And not only that. They got to abide by the rules that have been already established in the household. And they didn't have a say in those rules. When he joins you or you join him at his place you already have rules set and many times some of you ladies include the man in the rules because you've been alone so long that you even treat the man in your life like a child even if he's not acting like one because you're accustomed to doing that and old habits are hard to break sometimes. Now, we're going to talk more in just a moment. Now, some of you fellows will encounter a woman with what I used to call an easy out. What an easy out is when there is, let's say, an adult age child living at home or is very dependent on the mom, usually more so than the dad. Now, mom will do anything for her kids. And the reason why I call it the easy out is because that child, usually a daughter, knows that she can easily get him out of her mother's life if he interferes with her using her mom. Or even some of you ladies have experienced this with men who use their mothers. Now, what does this mean specifically? You may be in a situation where you're dating someone. They have an adult child. The adult child hasn't matured in the sense that mom is always the go-to. Child goes out, finances the car they can't afford, car breaks down, payments are still due. Mom is there to protect the credit. Signs for cars. Mama do, mama do, mama do. Well, that child looks at you as a threat. And so they may go on a campaign to get you out of there. 
And you have to remember there's a sense of allegiance that can't be broken between a mother and their child. And there have been many mothers out there that have been a fool for their kids. Oh, they've been used, credit's been ruined, they've gone bankrupt. And fellas, when you see something like that, you're not going to be able to change it. It's been that way too long. She would have to change that. And a lot of you ladies wonder why you're single. That kid knows, as long as they have access to you, that adult kid knows as long as they have access to you and you're going to bail them out. They don't want anything to obstruct that. They can increase their crisis. Mom, I got evicted. I'll be coming home. Mom, my car is down. Let me use yours. Some kids will deliberately try to do that to inconvenience you because they want to obstruct as much as possible your relationship from developing. Because, see, as long as they do that, they still have control over you. financing them. And that's the way they want it. They have a go-to. They have somebody to bail them out. I will never forget, I was working with a young lady one time, and she was talking about how her boyfriend was dogging her out and all of this, making her take a job. I just listened to her vent, and she's just going off, I mean. And she says, you know what? She says, I'm just gonna go back home to my mother. I don't have to work. She'll pay off my car. I won't have to do a damn thing. This is what got me the most. She said something to the effect, I don't have exact words, but she said something to the effect of, the next man that gets me out of the house, he's gonna have to treat me the same way my mom does. In other words, someone that she can use. Now parents, they take an L for the kids, but you have some parents that are so caught up in the emotional side of things that they forget to live themselves. This is the reason why, ladies, I tell you, when you put on your profile, my family comes first, you've eliminated 90% of the men that are going to even try to talk to you. Because, oh, they'll try to sleep with you, trust me. They're not going to try to separate you from your family. They're going to try to separate your thighs. And that's about it. The reason being, you're already telling the man that you don't have time for him. You know, ladies, it's like the guy that's 
always talking about he's got a business meeting, he's got this, he's got that going on, he could barely talk to you, or barely chat with you on a dating app, you have more options than he does. Okay, he has potential, he probably can be somebody later on. But are you going to wait for something that may or may not happen? What would be an incentive? You could find a man just as handsome, just as productive. It's not hard to do. Half of you ladies get approached about five to ten times a day. Some guy's hollering at you. Gotta look at your options. Can't limit yourself. And ladies, let me tell you one thing. Limiting yourself based on geography, sometimes it works for you, sometimes it works against you. You got the best man that's convenient, but you didn't get the best man for you. Like that gentleman that's talking about going from Lancaster to Los Angeles. Oh, it may start out okay. This shit's gonna get old. Driving up and down the 14 freeway all the time. Long distance relationships is not for the faint of heart. person that gets involved in one of those must understand that they're going to be traveling and that they're going to use resources in order to see that person or visit that person and it may not be under the best terms because fatigue is going to set in and they're just going to get tired of doing it happens more often than you think. As I've always told you with the long distance relationship, you want to have some sort of vantage point where the two of you are going to be together. If not, you can still have a relationship, but understand, geography will work its magic on you. And it also depends on where you are in life as far as your age. Most people, as they get older, they want more companionship than they want a relationship. That's a big distinction. They want to do things with that person, but they may not want all of the weight of an obligation associated with them. And this is the nexus that you will see with women who are divorced and these young Gen Z women. They do have that in common. The young Gen Z woman doesn't necessarily want to go out there and start a family. She wants to go and get her career started, that kind of thing. And the majority of these divorcees, they're cool with their feelings. They've already gone through it. 
and they may be in different stages of processing their emotions, damage control, and those kind of things from the past relationship. There'll be at different stages depending on the person, depending on what they were exposed to. And more than likely, they're not going to be ready to hop off into another relationship. So, you may date. Um, you may find that that person is not really serious for a relationship. And they may have a sunset time on your relationship where they'll say, well, we can probably date for a few days. Uh, I'll just have to see. Because a lot of them, this is the first time they've been free. Especially if they married young. Put their career aspirations on hold. Everybody came before they did. Their children. Their ex-husband. All of the obligations, their parents that they had to take care of who were sickly or ill. So they're at a point in life but they got to make some tough decisions. If they get with somebody that's a partner, they may have to deal with the fact that their parents are getting older. They may not get around as much. They may have to take care of them more. So they're looking for a partner a lot of times that will participate and help them. But some have grown so accustomed to providing help and services to family members that they get so conditioned they go from initially serving a husband in a relationship serving a husband and the children in a relationship serving a husband the children and taking care of mom and dad kids grow up they're gone she may divorce And now she's taking care of mom and dad. Mom and dad pass away. She may shoulder the burden of the grandkids. And a lot of women don't get a break like that. So everybody came before them. And they never had an opportunity. When I was at the University of Phoenix, like I told you, there was a lady that was in her 60s going into the nursing program. She said that was the first time she could actually do that. Her kids and grandkids were grown. She had divorced her husband years ago. Now she could be her. And being a nurse was something she wanted to do at 17. And this woman was in her 60s. And she was like, this is the first time I can live for myself. I'm not living through someone else's dreams. I'm not living through someone else's aspirations. I'm not having to put my life on hold for anyone else. She didn't have resentment as much as she had relief that it was all over. I remember one of the older guys took a liking to her and she pretty much told him uh-uh this time is for me and 
fellas, there's some women that will tell you that. And they have made sacrifices for others. Now, when it comes to us men, ladies, there's some of you that have run into men that are very bitter. They had a horrible divorce. They had to pay child support. They haven't had a break where they could look at their paycheck for one time and all the zeros are there. And some of these guys hit the wall. And they don't want a relationship as far as anything long term. They want to just go and socialize. And they're deathly afraid of marriage again because it costs them so much. As soon as a woman talks about marriage or a relationship or something like that, he's out of there. And a lot of times it has to do with the fact that he had a bad experience in the past. It has nothing to do with you personally. But just like you ladies hurt, men hurt too. He's just not hurting monetarily. He's hurting because he couldn't keep his family together. Because see, as a man, one thing that you've got to remember, ladies, when we take you on in our lives in a relationship, it's like we're making a promise to you. I got you. And a lot of men take it hard when they fail at that. They become disabled. They become, as they see it, obsolete. They look at how hard it was to get you. And how difficult it may be to get a woman like you in the future. They're not as young as they used to be. Maybe not as handsome as they used to be. Not as successful as wealthy as they used to be. So, the knife cut both ways, on both sides of the blade. With that. Now there's some good things out of this. You have time peace of mind. For some of you, after divorce, after the kids are gone, that's the first time you could actually think for yourselves. We have the me time. And as I told you guys, all these women in their 50s talking about a bucket list, many of them are women who put everybody before them. And sometimes it's hard to deal with them because when they look at that me time for many of them it's all about them yeah they go to the gym they get the hot guy in the gym she may screw him in order to feel better about herself to feel wanted to feel desired 
by someone. I think she still got it. And you have to remember a lot of them, when they create that bucket list, you're a secondary thought. There are others that want to share with someone. And then there are others that just want to travel partner. They've been so removed from intimacy and sex, they've totally voided that out of their lives. And the only thing they're concentrating on now, themselves, you're just tagging along for the ride. I sat around for years waiting for my midlife crisis. I was looking at my watch, why the hell is it taking it so long? Never did come. I got shortchanged, I was like, shit. I wanted to grow hair on my chest, wear a gold necklace, <laughs> with a silk shirt, with the collar open, and a velvet coat. <laughs> Driving in a Corvette, <clears throat> wearing gazelle sunglasses, and Brute 33 cologne. <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. I never aspired for nothing like that. But what I am saying is that even when these men go out with these younger women, there's a high degree of vulnerability that they have. They're older, they're not as active, they're not as handsome, they're not as fly. And what these guys usually wind up with are women that have already been through that whole shit chasing the handsome guy and all that, and they're ready now to look for more stability. Now there are a couple of things that we have to face. And one thing that I encountered with most of the women that I met that was over 40, that have been in relationships and marriages for a long time, their confidence is shaken. Many times, self-identity is void. Now, there are some that just kept true to themselves and did very well. But there were many others that, not so much. Now, the other thing you have to realize, too, with this, is that... Women are conditioned to think when they get older that they lose a certain level of value. And I talked about this before. That level of value that they lose is usually cosmetic. And women are very hard on each other when it comes to, oh gosh, she aged badly. Her face is cracked. They say some harsh things and it makes a woman self-conscious. And what it comes down to, ladies, is this. A lot of women may cut you down. And what happens? A lot of men compliment you.
see this a lot. I've been on a date one time where a lady told me that she was fat. This woman was not fat. She was very well endowed. And she said, well, my girlfriends tell me I'm fat. When I met her girlfriends, I didn't say a word. I looked at my girl and she said, what, what's wrong? I said, don't you ever call yourself fat? Those motherfuckers are ugly. She's like, oh yeah, they're my friend. I said, no. Hmm. I said, that little girl looked like Mike Tyson. That other one over there, you can't tell me that ain't a band of Holyfield. And that other girl over there, jealous so that was their way of swiping at her now fellas another thing you'll run into you run into women that have been in long-term relationships and never married and they're embarrassed by that I'm not saying all women are this way but there are some that are especially if they've had children Because they know he thought enough of me to impregnate me and to hold up my life, but he didn't think enough of me to make me his wife. There have been a lot of women sit down that road. Guy lies to him and tell him all these wonderful things about the relationship and how it's going to grow and how they're going to get married and have the house and all this shit. Ten years later, nothing's changed. Promises are broken. And she's frustrated. I never forget one lady I was talking to one night at a mixer. She said, well, I can't talk to you too long because you'll mess up my marketability. I was like, oh, all right. Took my drink and left. Her philosophy was as long as she was sitting there by herself, she didn't have to worry about being devalued. So all these men would want her. And of course, they wouldn't want the women that were already with somebody. You'll find people like that too. talk more in a moment. I listened to a lady earlier today on a podcast talking about what women need to do to keep a man. And the one thing I did not hear from her was a woman being herself. What I heard was how her hair had to be whipped, how fine she had to be, how smart she had to be, how she had to look like she had money in order to demand nice things from men. Never about personal substance. 
And I just thought about it. Those 30 women that were in that group. All of them complaining about men. How men are dogs. How men are this. How men are that. And none of them had a man. That's what I found out. One lady said, I have three kids. Last thing I want is a man with children, a man with child support payments. Of course, the double standard was in full force there. What it comes down to is your attitude and personality. See, we're not just looking at you as a piece of meat, ladies. If you're going to be in a relationship with us, we look for quality and substance. Thoroughness. Integrity. Oh yeah, and that word that you always say, honesty, we look for that too. Very important. Because, here's the thing. If a man marries you, or if you guys are cohabitating, he's taking on that responsibility. And I try to tell men to make the best choice they can in a woman, so they will have very few regrets. You're going to always, no matter who you're with, have disagreements. You're going to always have things that are going to be challenging. So you have to kind of let them know exactly what's going on. Let your partner know. It's very beneficial when you do that. So like, for instance, ladies, if you're in a child support custody with your custody battle with your husband or your ex-husband or boyfriend, let the guy know that. But it's best to resolve that before you get involved. Hey, uh, you know what? We could be friends for right now. After I take care of this problem, then we could go and we could start dating. But we could be friends and start out with the friendship and lay the foundation so that by the time I get this done, we have better footing. It's okay to ask if there's anything that you need to be aware of when dating. He may tell you, hell, I got five child support payments to make every month. I got a warrant for my arrest and so and so and so and so. Most guys are not going to tell you that. And a lot of men, you got to realize, fellas, they could find shit out. So anything that's going to impact the relationship, you want to disclose it. And there's some things you don't have to disclose. But as long as it's not something that's going to impact the relationship for both you ladies and men. And men it's to help you get through a lot of things. So, ladies, you take care of your parents. And meanwhile, you'd like to go out and 
date. The kind of guy you need to be looking for is someone that can accommodate that obligation. Being with you. Because we always think about women taking care of children. But we fail to think about that woman who's a child, even though she's grown, taking care of her parents. A lot of times relationships break up over that. Oh, your mom's not moving in with us. Nope, nope, mm mm. We're not going to set up the house like a hospital. Send her over there to the damn uh, nursing home. God help you if it's a situation where you have no reciprocity. Your mom can't stay with you and him. But he brings his mom into the house and treats her like a queen. Or it could be vice versa. Where the lady doesn't want to deal with him taking care of his mom and won't help I've seen both of those situations play out well I'm not taking your mother to the doctor Mm -mm. that's on you she's your mom these people have been cohabitating for decades and when it comes to finance Some of you have written in about that. But I always tell you the best strategy, have a mutual savings account and checking account. And have your own personal checking and savings. Now, the reason why you have these three accounts, well there really would be six, is so that you have some personal money put away just in case there's something you'd like to do or she would like to do on her own. Then you have money in the common good when it comes to saving for something that may impact the household, such as maybe one of you get laid off. You may have a couple of extra mortgage payments in that savings that you've contributed over the years. When it comes to the house debt. Some couples split it 50-50. Others have other ways of splitting it. But here's the deal. Whatever arrangement you guys start with, stick with it. Make it mutually acceptable. Now, With the checking, you just put enough in there in order to pay all of the bills. You could leave $100 in there every month after the bills are paid. Just so that you won't run a negative balance. Because these banks will eat you up with fees, right? So, you want to make sure that you have that taken care of. And it's easier to manage. Now, a 
couple of other things because usually the way it goes with most households the guy will pay the mortgage maybe pay the car payments the wife will pay probably the insurance groceries utilities and it kind of evens out it depends on how you got the structure and you guys need to sit down before you start cohabitating and all that good shit start with a budget get a budget together this is the reason why I tell you only date people that can pay their own bills fellas you don't need to take on anybody that needs to go to the hairdresser you don't need anyone that's telling you we can go on a date if you pay for the babysitter nope well if you go get my hair done and get my nails done we can go out nope you stay your ass there until you find the next benefactor if that person can keep themselves up what the fuck makes you think they can keep anything else up I told you, doesn't matter if they only have $20 left after they pay their bills, it's all well and good. What you're listening for when they start talking about finance, and this is after you've gotten to know each other a bit, you're listening for some sort of strategy or plan that they have to pay their debt off, especially consumer debt. What you do not want, fellas, because I see this more with women doing it than guys. Guys do it too. When it comes down to living vicariously off of credit cards, that is literally money being thrown away every month. So take for instance, she has a credit card bill of $5,000. And the interest at 29%, it'd be about $1,675 in interest. What some people will do, they'll go and make an extra payment, and then they will also save what they've calculated as the interest for the loan credit card bill and then pay it off. Certain things you can do. I bought a car one time on credit, on my credit card. And it was actually cheaper for me to buy it on my credit card than it would have been for me to have actually financed it through a bank. I thought that was kind of odd. Makes it much easier. Now, you want to have an agreement on debt, on credit cards, because many of you are going to have mortgages, you're going to have car payments, you're going to have student loans, you're going to have credit card debt, you're going to have personal loans, those kind of things. A good strategy if you borrowed money from someone, an individual, Pay them off first. 
get your credit cards paid down as quickly as possible and don't charge them up again. Pay them off, cut them up. Because they can be addictive. And before you know it, you're living off of them. Now, if you're using your credit cards for a cash management tool, that's a little bit different. You're paying it off every month or at least paying half of it off every month. But most people, wiser people, will save the credit card for emergencies. So they don't have to really go away with all the cash. So you go and you buy me the $35 sweater, pay it off, not charge anything for a couple of months. It'll be a good stint. But you want to always leave open an avenue where you can get the resources you'll need for whatever temporary crisis comes up. The main problem many couples have, they aspire for a certain lifestyle and they wind up living beyond their means. You want to live within or below your means while you're working. The reason for that, the more liquid you are, the more flexible you are. You can handle other changes as they come about. I remember the first time I was working where I actually had one year's salary put away in the bank. Well, I had to work like hell to get that. But that cushion relieved a lot of stress. And I could actually focus on living. And not just struggling or surviving. You know, it's like I used to see people that would get promoted and they'd get an extra maybe eight, nine thousand dollars a year. If not more. I'd be damned the first thing they would do is go out and buy a new car and relocate into a more expensive environment. And then they would complain because they were complaining before because they were struggling. And they've increased the struggle by going into more debt. See, the goal is to beat the banks out. The American dream they sold you, that American dream is just that. The mortgage companies sold you that. Told you you need a white picket fence. Everybody doesn't need a house. And there are some women out there that think that they only want to date a single man that has a home so that she and her kids will have a place to live. That's not his job. So you have to think about it. How you're going to structure your life. What's important, what's valuable to you. What are the things you can do without? Another 
thing you don't want to do is get caught up in a trap of keeping up with the Joneses. As I told you before, Mr. Jones may be selling cocaine, Mrs. Jones could be out there selling pussy, or fentanyl, or whatever. You don't know. You're only going by what you see. What you see is not what you know. Trust me on that. The one thing that you also have to look at too, as a couple starting out, a lot of people wind up going into debt early for things such as engagement rings and weddings. Again, People cash in on your celebratory events. When you die, they're trying to get the most money out of you for the big show. When you get married, they, the retailers, are trying to get as much money out of you for that one day in your life. And I forget my friend's wife told him one time. He went out, I believe it was for Zale, finance a ring, it was like five thousand dollars engagement ring. When he went to propose to her, pulled it out, it was a nice looking ring. And when she saw it, he says, Please tell me, this is Cuban. No, this is real diamond. She says, well, I'm not going to take this. What we're going to do is we're going to the jewelry store and it went down to Zale. They took the ring back. And she chose a less expensive ring that looked more fashionable. And one of those synthetic diamonds. It cost as much. And he couldn't understand why she did that. And she said, well, you know, I gotta talk to my mom. Because mom had all of these elaborate plans for a $40,000 wedding. He said, I'd rather for my mom to give me that money so that I could give you my share and we could go and get into a house as opposed to giving $40,000 for a damn celebration. Well, her mother wouldn't hear that. And so she said, let's go to the justice of the peace, which they did. Mom and the whole family was furious because she did that. Well, Mom wanted to have her bragging rights about her daughter getting married. And what was funny, my friend got into an FHA loan percent down. They started building their lives together. They married, they had children, they're grandparents now, and both are old as hell. They're around their 70s now. But that's what happens. No, I'm old. I'm 61. If you're older than 
if you're in double digits in your age, you're old. So if you're 10, you're an old bastard. <laughs> and if you're in the triple digits, like 102, 103, yeah, you in overtime. Let's see what we have to also think about when dealing with a partner in situations like these with finance. I'll tell you what, let's take a break. We at Romantic Truth appreciate your listenership. Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music. Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned, or endorsed by Romantic Truth, Anchor or any of its affiliates. The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal, marital, or family counseling, or for professional practice purposes. In the event for professional assistance, please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jaws and One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. Please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants. All sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props. We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie poodles and a rat terrier as the security detail. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams. <laughs>